This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I realize that so much of what I help people do is find that internal freedom that spirituality, that unique, authentic version of themselves that they can make decisions from in order to have a better life. A year ago today, I came out with one decision, the first step to a better life. And today, the paperback version comes out. And I thought that I could release this podcast episode. I have Tony directs with me who was uh, part of the whole process behind the scenes of seeing what it was like to write a book, my intention behind writing this book. And he kind of saw firsthand what it takes to write a book. Anyone can write a book. That's the reality. Anyone can do a one woman or one man show. And you may have some family and friends show up or you may have no one show up. And I think that this process for me, this was the second kind of big book that I wrote. And I had a lot of options. I had a lot of options of what I could write about. My first book that I wrote, Best Self, Be Only Better, did very well. It uh, has sold over 250,000 books. It's in about 20 languages. And I was in a position to where I had a lot of freedom around what I wanted to write about. And on one hand, when you have a lot of freedom, ask anyone that's retired or anyone that has no structure or they're kind of not working or they're in a freelance job. On one hand, there's a lot of amazing stuff that comes along with having freedom. On the other hand, you have to put a lot of discipline and pressure And there's a bit of stress in figuring out what do I have to say and how do I say it in my own way that I could help other people do something in their own lives? How can I write something that is going to give someone an experience to where they're going to feel like they're working with me as their life coach, where I'm not going to disappoint them? where I'm going to be as thoughtful as possible, but also have it be broad enough so that I don't lose the reader along the way. And I get feedback on the types of books I write. People either love what I do or they'll say, oh, I didn't realize I had to do the work. And that was kind of boring. Now, anyone who knows me knows that I'm not a boring guy and I'm pretty creative in my approaches. But some people really want to read the type of book where they get inspired. You know, it's like watching a great movie. They get so inspired 
And then, you know, the next day comes and they tell their friends about the great movie. And then it kind of goes into the Rolodex until they see the next great movie, but nothing really in life changes. And so for me, my style of writing is how can I help someone make a change? And as I started to look through my work over the past almost 20 years, I realized that so much of what I help people do is find that internal freedom, that spirituality, that unique, authentic version of themselves that they can make decisions from in order to have a better life. And all of us, whether we want to make more money, whether we want to have peace, whether we want to get out of a bad relationship, we're all essentially one decision away from that or closer to that. And so that's why the book is called One Decision. And some people would say, oh, that's so easy. I don't need to write a book. I don't need to read a book about one decision. I, I mean, how, but if you really look at it, the most significant moments in our lives that we look at and we look back and we say, wow, this was a pivotal moment in my life. It came from a one decision that at the time wasn't really easy. And we all have decisions in our lives today that aren't easy. We all have decisions today that we're avoiding, or we may have health issues that we're waiting on. Oh, our teeth aren't that bad that we need to go to the dentist. It's just a little bit of pain. Oh, that back pain isn't that bad. I can still do this or this, or I don't really need to stretch because I don't like stretching, even though we know that's healthier for us. Or I don't need to drop that 30 pounds until the doctor tells me you must drop that weight. And so we all kind of know, granted, there's always surprises. There's always curveballs. And we all go through our own struggling and suffering in different ways. There's moments where we go, holy shit, I did not see this coming. This is a tragedy. This is a crisis. Life stops and we have to totally shift gears. But for the most part, we're in control of what we do today. And why do certain people make more money than others? And is it that important to somebody? You know, I've worked with a lot of people who thought making a lot of money was what would build their self-esteem when really being loved at the end of the day was more important than making a lot of money. And we're all taught through different life experiences that certain things are going to make us feel more peace or more than enough. and. I really wanted to create a book that helped people not only make decisions from an authentic place, but also change their perception, their fears, that I could help someone really get out of their own way and get out of the distorted thinking that was causing them to go through suffering. And it wasn't easy. And writing books is never easy. And if you're thinking about writing a book, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. I mean, like I said, anyone can write a book. But you have to think about your audience. 
my audience that I think of is somebody, and that's part of what I visualize. I like the person who's alone in their apartment, who's watching reruns of Friends or Golden Girls or looking for that other movie on their Netflix because they've run out of options, but nothing is quite really making them feel alive or free. I like the person who doesn't believe in themselves. I like the person that actually is really capable of a lot of things in their life, but because they heard a story from a people, place, or thing, it totally changed the trajectory of their life and they shut down and they didn't realize that, again, they're one decision away from making that change. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I like working with people who are a little tougher, who are really, I'm not quite the life coach for someone who just is looking for a bit more mindfulness. You know, I like helping people who are in the trenches of their own life, who need to dig themselves out of a situation. And with COVID, everyone got into a situation of some sort that they felt they had to dig out of. I wanted to help people look at life through a lens of it being an opportunity instead of life being an obstacle. I found that when we're able to change our perspective, we're able to change our decisions. And we are in a culture where people say, oh, well, that didn't feel right, or that hurt my feelings. But feelings aren't facts. And at the end of the day, the most important thing is for a person to start to make decisions from their authentic place. So I love assessments. I made sure that this book had thorough assessments so someone could really analyze in their life what area of my life is challenging. Because we all think we know. The interesting thing is whenever I sit down with people and I ask them, what is causing you the most stress in your life? 99% of the time, what they identify as the most stressful thing in their life is not actually what's most stressful. And, And that's part of the reason they're feeling a lot of stress is it's confusing. Or they're blaming a person, place, or thing for the reason that they're feeling a certain type of way today. Why do people do that, though? Why do people blame others? Well, I mean, it depends on the context, but it we look for answers as we navigate in life, and we try to connect dots. You know, we're in a lot of ways, we're like these spiritual machines, you know, with these operating systems. And 
typically we will blame others because it's easier. Mm. It's easier to blame someone else than take responsibility because it requires no action. If you can blame someone else, they're just words and their thoughts. If you take responsibility, typically you have to take action of some sort. You have to change your life in some sort. You have to go prepare more. You have to go study more. You have to knock on more doors. And it's just easier to blame others. And blaming others is a form of giving up. And it's really toxic for a person. A lot of people that I've worked with can't get out of that cycle. They'll blame, and I've said this before on this podcast, they'll blame their parents who are no longer alive. They'll blame the husband from 10 years ago. You know, in 10 years, we're able to do a lot in our lives. There's very few divorces where you need to still blame someone from 10 years ago. But it's easier. I mean, I, can, I, I guess you're right. There are people, and I mean, I've opened up about my family, but my mom to this day sometimes still blames my dad, even though it has been 10 years since we moved out of, you know, my dad's house. It has been 10 years since then, and she still blames him for things today. Yes. That I feel like, you know, it, you shouldn't be blaming him. You should just take initiative and do something about it. Yeah, or say, I married him, and these were the decisions I made, and there were red flags along the way, and here's how I'm not going to make those same mistakes. That's taking your kind of spirit back. But it's hard. It's really hard to get out of that cycle. You know, I, if I'm going to be writing about these types of things, I surely need to also share, uh, you know, to the reader or to my audience, you know, critical decisions or life decisions I've made in my life that have changed for the better. And so, you know, I put in one decision, three decisions that I made. One was coming out to my parents as gay. Very hard, very weird at the time. But that was an authentic decision that ultimately prevented a lot of pain for living a lie, you know? And I know you can relate to that too, Tony. Of, of that's a critical decision is kind of being able to just be yourself. Yeah. Right? So for anyone who, you know, and people will have this in even today, interracial marriages or I was just talking to a friend the other day who's Jewish and they're not marrying a Jewish girl. And it, some of these decisions of, of what you do with your own life and being your true self, regardless of whatever consequences come into play. Uh, another decision for me was getting sober, which obviously that has propelled my whole life and my career. Um, because once I got sober, it allowed me to have better relationships, create a business, which was my other decision, which uh, I, there's a lot of risk involved when you create a business and a lot of not giving up. And, um, and that was more me realizing that just because I didn't do well in school and because I'd failed a few grades and did terrible on my SATs and terrible on every test I took, that that was not an indicator for how I could be successful in business. And I've created and sold a lot of different businesses and helped a lot of business executives 
And so, you know, I think for, for you who's listening, something to think about are, you know, what are your three critical decisions that you've made in your life that have changed your life for the better? Because what that does is that allows you to realize that you have made some awesome decisions because some of you beat yourselves up all the fucking time and you won't give yourselves any credit for anything because again, it's easier. It's easier to just go, I don't need to work on my self-esteem. I'm just going to say why this isn't good for me. And you know, it's, it's similar to even the episode I recorded a few ago about accepting compliments. It's kind of in that same vein. And I, it was important for me to share those decisions I made and some backstory on them, and then also help, you know, someone also work through their top decisions. What I came to realize from working with clients for years, and also I've known for myself, what are you know, authentic decisions that are critical in my own life, those decisions are no different than decisions I have to make today that I'm unwilling to make. So what I mean by that is we can look at these significant decisions we made, but even today we have decisions that we could make that are authentic to us, that may be tough, that may be conversations that we're scared to have, and I, I think it's important that we kind of boost our self-esteem to realize, hey, I've made some good decisions. It's good to go. We've made these authentic big decisions before we go and try to tackle this thing that exists in our life today. So that's, you know, kind of the lesson is um, these decisions that we've made, we look back, we're proud of them. They were tough. But we also have decisions today. And if we had a roadmap, if we had a little bit of a roadmap of how to get from point A to point B, that we would do it today. We wouldn't ignore it. We wouldn't be scared to do it. And that's, that was kind of my intention behind writing this whole book was to push people along and help them start to make those decisions today and to not wait any longer. What do you find or what do you suggest when people find themselves to be in a sticky place when they feel stuck? Well, I think a, a sticky place or when people feel stuck, how to get out of it is to identify what is your purpose in it? What meaning does this thing have? Doesn't matter really to you. You know, are you people pleasing? Are you wanting people not to get upset? What is, your, what is the purpose of this thing that you're in? A lot of people will get stuck maybe, you know, not making more money. Well, why don't people make more money? Why would someone not make more money? Well, it could be that they don't believe in themselves. Or it could be that they have a story as to why they don't deserve it or they can't have it. The, the worst thing people can do in terms of making a decision is comparing themselves to others. Because everyone 
likes to compare, but we're all so different. And we've all had so many different types of experiences that it's impossible to look at another human being and say, I want what they have. You don't even know what they have. You literally don't know what they have. Now you can meet them and say, Hey, they have peace of mind. And that may, may be really attractive. You know, they have like, they feel good. But from my experience, that's typically not what people mean when they say, I want what you have. Have you ever in the past wanted what someone, what someone had that you didn't have? Yeah. When I first got sober, I would see people that had serenity. Uh, they had peace. Um, they felt good about themselves. You know, I'm a little crunchy today. So, you know, I just recorded a Dr. Phil episode. I've been up since early in the morning, you know, so I'm not as like free, you know, and fun right now in terms of my own being myself and my serenity. But regardless, even if I had a good night's sleep in the past, I couldn't get myself emotionally regulated to feel good. And so someone that felt really good about themselves, I've never been one that's envious of someone else's money or success. I think I've said this before, and I would have to do a little research on it, but a lot of people and motivational speakers, they always talk about Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs, you know, they'll, they'll name drop all these successful people. Well, from my understanding, and again, I'd have to do a little more research, and I'm not, I don't know his son, but from my understanding, he wasn't very good to his kid. But all we hear about is this iconic genius who is just relentless and created the iPhone and changed the world. Well, I don't know. Perhaps if I went in that world, I maybe would look at him and be like, I don't want what he has. I appreciate what he has. But I think identifying for ourselves, what do we truly want? What do we want out of this life? Like you want kids. You know, that's important to you. Mm -hmm. One day. Not now, but one day. Yeah, one day you want kids, and that's something you really want. So you, I'm guessing that your life would have to align with having kids, and you would want to surround yourself with people that are all about you having kids and would be excited for you to have kids. And like all, uh, maybe once a year, let your kids stay here <laughs> and <I'll> babysit <laughs> or something. That's all you're getting from me. They're going to go to Uncle Mike's house. Uncle Mike's house, they'll run away. <laughs> they'll be like, I, my Uncle Mike understands me. Yeah. <laughs> Tony, Tony just keeps making me wear these Air Force Ones. I can't. I want no. to wear Converse. Tony wears, Tony loves Nike. Yeah. So. We, I mean, we got some yesterday. We got some you. yesterday. Tony convinced that me. Was a, put, that was a decision that you made. My decision I made was to surrender to you because I feel like you have a better eye for sneakers. And I am in a velour jumpsuit right now with a t-shirt because it's comfortable. And although I love art, I still, I blame my parents because I, I don't blame them in a like real way, but shopping at big and tall affected my style. <laughs> You're giving comfy right now. I'm giving, You're giving comfy, comfy yeah. vibes. I remember there was a time though, let's just backtrack to you writing the book. Mm. It was tough for you. It was really tough. I remember it, it felt gloomy in the house. Like the, the, the clouds hovered over your house. It was dark. Mm. It was really dark. And you were struggling because I think it was a weird time. Things were shutting down. 
Well, there's a few struggles for me. One is I'm much more of an expressive in-person, you know, I'm a big dude. I like to really tailor who I'm helping to the person I'm helping. So overall, writing a book is very challenging for me because I am trying to condense all this information in such a way to really be of service to the audience I'm trying to help. And based upon the state of affairs with COVID, it became exceedingly confusing where my audience was going. You know, what, what was my audience needing? You know, we, in the last, something like since COVID, there's been 35 million people that have resigned from their jobs. You know, there was so much change happening. And then I was trying to kind of hit a target that felt like it kept moving. And so I felt or thought I had to keep changing elements. But if anything, I went darker. Part of my style of writing is I tried to kind of live in the shoes of the person I'm writing to. And so I honestly think, you know, everyone has a different creative process. First, where I went with this book is I met with strangers. I don't know if you remember, but I posted something on Facebook and I had strangers showing up at the house because I was going to help them make one decision that could change their life. I don't know if you're around for that. And five of their stories made it into the book, One Decision. Mm. I would have people show up at my house. I was inspired by like performance art and where people would do these uh different forms of creating scenarios. And I thought if I met with strangers and I helped them make one decision after 45 minutes that, and to, to make sure that everything I put in this book was solid enough to work and it all worked. I mean, all of these that I did, I must've done 30 of them. I did them in Brazil, in Sao Paulo. I did it. A lot of them here in my apartment. I recorded some of them. But I, it was a bit, it was interesting because it was a dark time in culture. And also I went a bit dark in trying to figure out how to speak to people. Mm. And what made you, what made you make the decision to, I guess in a way like, yeah, come out in this book? Well, it was kind of interesting because I've always been out. Mm -hmm. and. I've never wanted to be defined by my sexual preference. Well, people hate the word sexual preference, you know, in this culture today. It's not a preference. It's the real, you know what I mean? It's like people are so wound up over nothing. But whatever you want to call it, being the G was just a gay was one facet of me as a human. But it was a facet that I felt as if I felt a little off not talking about it. But then on the other hand, I was thinking, well, is this going to help my audience? Like, how does me saying I'm gay mm -hmm. help anyone? I think we like to live in fantasy that coming out as gay helps some little kid in, you know, St. Louis, Missouri come out. I don't buy that. Mm. I, I think that's all like a movied facade story. 
sure, like we can be inspired by different people, but I think we come out when we feel the need to come out. And usually it's because we've experienced something outside of the internet in the real gay bar or real world or grinder or whatever that has showed us a different way of life and has given us permission. I just didn't share it. So even on TikTok, I had so many people asking me, mm. which I kind of just felt it was time. I also had women sending me love letters and a lot of them with perfume and gifts. And I just thought, okay, I don't want to not speak to this. like. But I also don't want to be that. I don't want that to be just like, yeah, who you are. And that's like, the, yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, if you're single, I mean, how much of your life really matters if you're gay? I mean, it really only matters if you're attracted to someone. Other than that, why does being gay affect life day to day? And some people want to go, that's because of this. You're out of touch, people. I'm talking about... If you're attracted to another person, if I'm single and I'm not going on a date, the G doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like, what, what the fuck does that matter for? If you're in a relationship and you're gay, yeah, then it matters when you're in the relationship. Yeah. But everything else throughout the day, it doesn't matter. So I just kind of have been that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I like it though. I like it. You like it? What I like, like it. I mean, it's just, it's, you're not, you're not making it a big deal. It's not like, Hey, I'm this. And I, I've had to go through this, this, and this, and this, and this. It's like, yeah, that's, that's who I am. And let's move forward. Yeah. I like that. So what I want you who's listening to me right now to know is that it is possible for you to feel better. It is possible for you to feel worse. It is possible for you to feel any type of way, but life is going to keep going on and time keeps going on. And this thing called life starts and ends and we get to decide what we do in this life Unless we're in prison right now, we have a lot of freedom. We have a lot of freedom to make decisions. And just because it's failed one time in the past or hasn't worked out doesn't mean that you can't make it happen today. And I know that we all have a different story. We're all unique in our own way. We all love in our own way. We all get excited in our own way. But if you're someone who has lost that zest for life a little bit, has lost that pep in your step, has lost that part of you that you know is there and you're trying to get back into it, then this is the type of book you want to read. And it's the type of book that you want to have a pen because it's filled with exercises. And the style I write it is me working with you as a life coach. And if you're listening to this podcast, and you decide to buy the paperback today, and you start reading it, 
tag me, you know, tag me on what are your top three decisions, tag me on different exercises in the book that really stand out to you. Because then I also know who it's connecting with. And I'm genuinely curious what impact it has on you. I get thousands of messages and those are what really excite me because it makes me feel grateful and valued and knowing that I'm on the right path. It's not so much for me personally, I don't need someone else's approval, but it does. My greater purpose is to have greater impact in the field of mental health and knowing what resonates and what doesn't helps me decide what lanes to go down because I'm not perfect and I don't know how to do everything in this you know, space. But one thing I really do know how to do is get people to start believing in themselves, getting out of that hole that they've gotten themselves in and to feel the freedom to be their best self. So one decision is out. You can get it everywhere. Amazon, I'm sure Barnes and Noble. There's also the audio book. And uh, let's kick off this new year, right? It's right around the corner. If you haven't noticed, for those of you who have listened to this podcast consistently, at the end, I say, keep it magical. The reason why I say keep it magical is life truly is magical. It is. And that's a choice to look at life as being magical. And when you look around and you look at what we're able to do as humans, you look at mother nature, you look at the sun, you look at the moon, you look at the planets, you look at coincidences, you look at law of attraction, you look at these bodies we have that are able to heal ourselves, you look at the sadness we can experience, the grieving. To me, that's magical. And in the first book I wrote, Best Self, where we identify your avatar, my best self is a wizard. Because I feel like when I'm connected to who I truly am, I'm a wizard in my own life. It's not a wizard from an ego standpoint. It's I'm a wizard in my own life. I'm able to see life as magical. I'm able to receive life as magical. And I'm able to keep it magical. Till next time. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horinige, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. The Always Evolving with Coach Mike Bear podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only and is not intended as a replacement or substitution for any professional, medical, financial, legal, or other advice, diagnosis, or treatment. This podcast does not constitute the practice of medicine or any other professional service. The use of any information provided during this podcast is at the listener's own risk. For medical or other advice appropriate to your specific situation, please consult a physician or other trained professionals.